This is a Hot Pie Original. Hello and welcome to the Amy Edwards Show. I'm your host, Amy Edwards. I'm so grateful that you're here and I'm here and we get to connect and do this. We're sharing a message today from Angela Choi. Angela is an international life purpose and career coach, and she has a six-step guide to connecting with your inner purpose and your true purpose in life. And I cannot tell you how much I resonated with the entire thing. And it's totally manageable to do. And just we talked too about listening to your inner guide and really getting quiet and getting in touch with that and how you are not alone, including me and her in searching for your purpose and how it's an ongoing thing. So really, really cool convo today. And I'm so excited about it. So uh, let's uh, like sit here together. Let's get a little bit grounded, right? You know, I like to light a little Palo Santo. I like to set an intention. I like to, I spent so much time doing these podcasts when um, I wasn't really like intentional about it and present. And uh, that is so not what I want to bring to these shows, right? I want to get like really intentional and present. And I do use Palo Santo all the time. It, um, they say it uh, removes the positively charged particles, right? And so you're neutralizing the space around you. And that's uh, cleansing, So we're just doing a little bit of cleansing and, you know, maybe you're rushing around right now and filling space and time. And so as we do that, let's just find a little grounded moment to take a breath together and just sit in this space and find an intention because the intention here is always learning. It is transforming. It is about reaching our fullest expression of ourselves and being our best, most rock starriest versions. Hell yeah. I think y'all know I'm all about that. It's just about seizing this wonderfulness that is you to inspire, to get inspired, to help others realize all of our own awesomeness, right? And feed that potential and that desire and not these fears that come up all the time for me too which I'm going to talk about, right? It's loving all these parts of ourselves and as a result, becoming our highest version and highest self and just vibing up all the time. So uh, I wanted to touch on one thing that Angela had said and was in her website, which is Angela Choi, C-H-O-I dot co. Um, So you can find her purpose guide there. It's free and it's really, really good. Uh, So one of the things she said was you are not alone. And I think that so many times we feel alone, especially in this last year. Oh my goodness, right? We have felt so alone and at sea so many times. And uh, I know I have. And and two, I mean, I have kids. I have kids that I live with, but I'm a single woman. And so for a lot of the pandemic, you know, it's just, it's just a little bit lonely, right? And so many times you can, I guess we didn't experience as much FOMO during the pandemic. So that was kind of a nice thing. It was a thing of the past, but at the same time, you still just miss that connection so much. And in our purpose too, we can feel alone and like, we're the only ones that don't have it figured out, which I have felt so many times, too many to count. So I want to just talk about this loneliness and how we can feel that. And so many times we turn to social media or Netflix or alcohol or um, food, right? (laughs) To just fill a void and fill that space. And um, I was reading this book. I mean, I've done it so many times, like I said. And uh, even last week, I think I talked about struggling with hard feelings and wanting to fill that void with calling a friend, with calling someone, right? I just wanted like them to fill it for me rather than me doing the work. But I didn't. Instead, I did the work, which is a pain in the ass sometimes because you don't always want to sit down and get quiet and meditate. Uh, I can't tell you how many friends I have too that I'm like, have you tried meditating? Have you tried just for five minutes? And they're like, I can't meditate. (laughs) Just totally like, nope. So if you're one of those, then maybe it's a good opportunity to try it. Maybe this is an opportunity, you know, to um, go a little bit deeper and and see what happens, see what comes up, see if there's something in there that, that comes up that you can love or that you can search for ways to heal. So, um, 
I, oh, I wanted to bring up too that I have felt it, this loneliness too, you know, as a single person, but also in my marriages. And I think that's another aspect of it. Like you can feel lonely even in a relationship and with someone. And, you know, sometimes that overrides the leaving, right? Or the finding something different that can make your heart or soul more fulfilled, you know, but just this, um, just this space of like, well, it's better than being alone. At least you have someone there with you. Right. But it's also a, a hard space to be in. So even if you're feeling lonely in those spaces, there are some tactics and things that we're going to talk about today to, um, use that to benefit yourself. And we're going to get into that with Angela too. So uh, I'm reading this book that is totally like really not written for me. It's Ram Dass. It's called Still Here. So it's written after he had his stroke in the 90s. And it's about aging and what he learned about that. And so, you know, I consider myself older, but then you read something like this and you're like, shit, I'm young um, because he's really talking about end of life for a lot of these things. But I've still found a lot of wisdom in it and as I, you know, move forward in my life. Um, so he has a section on loneliness and I wanted to just read a couple of things from it to you and then talk about it a little bit. So again, it's called Still Here by Ram Dass. Um, He talks about remembering many painful moments throughout his life when he's com felt completely cut off from other people, isolated, abandoned, unloved, friendless, as if there's nobody to turn to. In those moments, which so many of us experience later in life, I felt as if I could drown in my own loneliness. <clears throat> He says that we may not be able to change our physical circumstances. We can do a great, which of course he had had a stroke, you know, we can do a great deal to alleviate the suffering of such loneliness. The first step is to remain alert and aware. So he just talks about, you know, simply awareness. The same thing is in meditation. When we're aware of our thoughts, he talks about being aware of the loneliness and quieting yourself and becoming a witness to that loneliness. And I think that spills over into anything that we're feeling like witnessing fear witnessing, you know, um, shame, guilt, anything that we're feeling that can come up that can cause these um, feelings where you want to fill that void, which I've done a zillion times um, in all different ways. And any, anyway, becoming more of a witness to it, which I think is really, really beautiful. He continues to talk about, you know, the ego's reflexive nature and desire to cling, which is Exactly that, right? Social media reaching out in uh, a way that doesn't serve us and is maybe not in our best interest or just filling ourselves with food, booze, drugs, sex, whatever it may be, right? And not using it in a present way, right? So he continues to talk about that. And then he moves on to talk about the difference between being lonely and being alone. Loneliness is an affair of the ego. Being alone can be a moment for the soul. It's necessary to be alone, to have the time to be quiet, to meditate, and to get to know ourselves. Yeah, I could not agree more, right? So we have an inner voice of wisdom, which uh, I have had to get very, very quiet to find. Um, I've talked about in these past episodes how I recently you know, went through a very dark um, moment with my own purpose and trusting my own path and just sitting in my own inner guide that I forget is there all the freaking time. But this loneliness is really like a beautiful opportunity if we can transform it into aloneness and this finding our inner guide and listening to it because it's there. It's absolutely a hundred percent there. It's there in every single one of us. I know that for a fact. It's just about getting quiet enough to hear it. And even in loneliness, we can make our own noise. We can make our own noise with a, you know, exactly those things that we talked about, right? Which I'm pretty sure you can probably relate to. Um, I mean, I absolutely can. And so it's really cool that we can use that awareness to transform loneliness and move into another way of being, right? Move into, um, connecting with our soul, connecting with that inner guide and connecting more deeply with our purpose. And the purpose doesn't have to be an exact defined job. Angela and I talk about this today. It's broad, much broader than that. And it's something that um, 
when you really try to look back in your life, you can start to see a common thread. I talk about mine, which is using my voice, which it's taken me till I'm 48, y'all, or 47, I guess, maybe before my birthday, I figured it out, to figure that out, to come to to like a, a place where I understood that and could finally see it. And it made sense because it's really hard. It's hard to make sense of it especially when you feel like you're all over the place like me. I mean, you know, there are people who are like, nursing is my calling, that's it. And that is so amazing. Like kudos to everybody who can figure those things out and knows it. I mean, that's incredible. And I'm so like moved by that. But I was never one of those people. And it just has taken me a long time to figure it out. So if that resonates with you at all, it's okay. You are not alone by a long shot in that. And um an adjacent to that, I think, is is cool, right? Like you are not alone. So as alone as we feel, we can also tap into that connection of knowing that other people feel alone. They feel exactly like that. Uh, that's another passage that he goes on to talk about. He goes on to talk about... Um, in another sense, we're never alone. Uh, we may not know these other people, but no matter where we are, how miserable we're feeling, there's probably someone else who feels the same way. So you can reach out to that person through your soul and think of what it might feel like to be that other person, whether they're lonely or guilty or suffering from addiction or whatever it is. You're not alone and you can reach out through your soul and find a deep compassion, which is just simply... Uh, it's simply wanting to ease their suffering, a genuine desire to ease their suffering and to know that like you feel it. And as a result, you understand. And that is such a beautiful place to be. So those are some just different ways to transform that loneliness. And, and, you know, mine, how did I transform it during the pandemic? I really forced myself to be with myself. I forced myself to get still and get quiet, even when I didn't want to, even when I want to scroll, even when I want to do something else, even when I want to eat, because I like to eat, I like to snack. Um, so it, it was just these practices and I'm not perfect at it, not at all. Um, but I just keep making myself show up because when we show up for ourselves, that's when the real magic and transformation starts to happen. When we do those practices, when we do those habits that I've been talking about, all those things. Um, so Angela's message today is just one of purpose and that whole, you are not alone in trying to find it. And there is help out there. There are simple practices like her six steps that you can just tap into and just trust that you're going to start to see that you're going to, it's going to start to make sense, right? Those, these quiet times too are just the perfect opportunities to do just that. So you are not alone in your journey. All right. So all that said, let's get to Angela. Now, remember that you can find her at AngelaChoi.co. That's Angela, A-N-G-E-L-A, Choi, C-H-O-I.co. Co. So we're going to throw it to that interview now. I'm so grateful that you're here and stick around for the end because we are going to talk a little bit more about purpose and a little bit of a wrap up. So stick around for that. See you then. I'm so excited today to welcome Angela Choi. Angela is an international purpose and career coach. And Angela... I'm just so thrilled that you're here. You have used your own life lessons, of which there are many, to find your own purpose and help other people find theirs. You've worked across the scope. You have corporate experience, startup experience, nonprofit experience. You're so well-traveled with all that you've done, not only in the US, but Africa, Asia, Europe, and you've run the gamut of everything, self-judgment, your family and what they wanted you to do, and societal expectations. And I love, love, your mission's so special to me that you want to help professionals who feel stuck and unfulfilled discover their purpose so they have you know more impact and income and those are things that so resonate with me i mean i first of all welcome thank you so much thank for being you. here yes thank, thank you, so, you much. so much for having me i'm so glad you could come today and you're based in new york right yes um currently i'm in new york uh 
because of COVID, haven't really been able to travel as much as what I would have liked, but uh, also trying living the nomad style lifestyle. There's a lot of people doing that right now, which is really cool. Have you have you been a little bit nomadic through this pandemic? A little bit, yes. So I was um, in Georgia for a while. I was in the West Coast for a while. However, you know, I also want to be mindful of what is happening in the country and in the world. So it's um, traveling and then hunkering down for a little bit and then moving on to the next place. Um, so not the type of travel you think of when you think of travel and jet setting to another country, but to the extent possible. Um, but that's really cool as far as purpose goes, because I think this whole pandemic has opened people's minds up into exploring their purpose in new ways and, and finding out that they can do things like what you're saying, like they're not uh, still tied to a way of being from before, you know, like, oh, I have to go explore all these different things. Well, you can go within and you can explore in these new ways. Have you found that to be true for yourself? Yeah, I think that um, it's, I think that I've had such a strong um, practice, spiritual practice before COVID began that like, I don't think COVID has impacted me the same way. So like yesterday I had a conversation with a friend and they were telling me how um, even though they haven't been able to go anywhere out of like personal choice of just like staying put in one location that it's proved to be very beneficial to just meditate and go within and deal with anger issues but even for me personally even before covid began i've already had this um spiritual practice of going within on a daily basis and that hasn't changed for me during covid if that makes sense it makes um, perfect sense yeah yeah yeah. What is your daily practice? I love daily practices and I love what we're going to get into about six steps that people can take to live their purpose. Cause I'm like steps yeah. and Colton and I were, <laughs> before we got started, our engineer Colton and I were discussing that we were like, good, that's manageable number. It's not like 25 steps. <laughs> like, right. so, but first, right. yeah. What, what is your daily practice? Please tell me. Yeah. So my daily practice, uh, includes journaling, gratitude journaling, yoga, meditation, a walk, and exercising. Those are the basic things I need to fuel my mind, body, and spirit. Um, and depending on what day it is, and how much time I have, and what it's in my schedule, you know, sometimes they'll fluctuate. Maybe I'll have a longer yoga practice or a shorter yoga practice, but to feel um, whole and complete and in tune with myself, that's usually what my daily practice entails. I'm the, I'm the exact same way. And I, but I don't nail it every day. I know that much, but um, I know I'll notice like if I haven't done all those things for like two days or been off for a couple of days, I'm like, why am I feeling out of balance? You know? Yes. Yes. I'm with you on that because there are times when, you know, something comes up and maybe I'm not able to squeeze in yoga. Like, the most is two days and then something feels funny. Like my hips either feel tight or it's just like, Angela, you know, slow down a little bit and like go back to what is important to you. So mm -hmm. really important, I think, just to keep grounded again in mind, body and spirit. Absolutely. So are those fundamentals that you start with when you're coaching somebody on finding their purpose? Um, would you say, I mean, I want to get into the six steps, but like... If you're coaching someone, do you immediately start asking, okay, what are you doing day to day? Are you doing these things that are going to keep you balanced? I don't ask that immediately because mindfulness um, is different for everyone, right? So for some people, they're just not a fan of yoga, right? Right. And for me, mindfulness is not so much about what you're doing, but it's how you're doing what you're doing, right? Oh, I love that. So you could... <laughs> yeah, you could be sweeping the floor and that could be mindfulness for you if you're fully engaged in what you're doing, right? Because it's about being present and fully aware of what you're doing um, that allows you to feel calm, that brings you back to the present moment where you're okay, right? So for me, that's yoga. For someone else that may be running, so um, I don't, you know, prescribe like, oh, everyone needs to meditate and everyone needs to do yoga. But I do 
um, suggest it. I think meditation is helpful as like a, a baseline and then anything beyond that, it could be whatever resonates with people. Yeah, I totally agree with that. There's not a one size fits all, right? Um, yeah. For sure. How, how, what, what age were you when you feel like you finally found your purpose? <laughs> or, yeah. Is yeah. Any, okay. So yeah. here's Let's get the into purpose. thing. I, um, I think that, uh, I would say that this year, towards the end of last year, this year, a lot of the pieces started clicking for me, um, in terms of just thinking about what I've done in the past and how I can put that all together and bring it towards the future. But I also want to say that in terms of purpose, I think that it's a forever journey. And what I mean by that is that, you know, at our very core, um, I think that we are, we have this core essence of who we are, right? And sometimes when you think back to your childhood or earlier memories, you remember um, what you were like or what mattered to you. And I think that that stays uh, within us. I think that what changes as we get older and we go through the journey of life is this like expression of who we are in the inside. So I think that the expression of who we are is constantly evolving, right? And we don't know what that's going to look like in the future because we're evolving, right? Mm -hmm. So in that sense, I think that um, life purpose or finding your purpose is a forever journey. I think the core of who we are stays the same. So um, from a very early age, I knew that I wanted to help people. So even in middle school, I was thinking I want to be a teacher or a nurse or a psychologist. I knew that I wanted to have a direct impact on people. But the expression of that has been changing Um winding in out different roads. And I feel like I've gone to a very good place now because I've gone back to what I always knew, which is that I want to work with people one-on-one and have a direct impact on people. Yeah. I feel the same way. Cause like mine, I mean, I'm 48. And so I, it's just, it was frustrating for a lot of years because I didn't feel like my puzzle pieces fit together, you know, like all these different things that I felt called to do or that I felt in my heart or that I said yes to and took a risk on. I was like, I don't get it. And now suddenly I feel like I've finally, but you know, it coincided with doing a lot of spiritual work. It coincided with really um, getting like we're about to get into it coincided with being still and being present. It coincided with really honing in on my going within and meditative practice and cultivating habits around that. So that's a funny thing. And, um, and, and just suddenly I was like, Oh, I get it. I use my voice. And that's the common thread. Like you said, yours is helping people. Mine is like using my voice. And now here it is culminating in this show. And of course it's never the end, right? If we're going to keep growing, then it is that I like that you phrased it as that forever journey. That's super beautiful. Uh, it can probably be a little disconcerting if someone's really searching for an answer, like, you know, here's the answer. Here's my purpose. <laughs> right. Yes. Do you, I think, yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, do, does that resonate with you? Do you see that in people sometimes? Yes. And I feel like I've definitely been on that boat before where you just want to figure out what is it like, why does it seem like everyone else has it figured out. Like, how come I haven't figured out my purpose, right? And I think that um, kind of going back to what you said before, I think that the way to address this is doing what feels right to you at any given moment versus thinking about what are the future implications of what it is that I'm doing? Because, you know, Steve Jobs once said during his, uh, one of his commencement speeches, like, the dots will only make sense when you connect them backwards. Like as you're progressing in your journey, sometimes you don't know how the different pieces fit together. But when you get to the future and you look back, everything's going to make sense because all of the little steps along the way, um, you're get, gaining tools and resources and experience that, that will add up to something that may not make sense now, but will make sense in the future. So the answer, I think, at any given moment for anyone is to just take the next step that feels right to them without worrying so much about 
what the future will look like as a result of taking this step. And I think that that's a lot easier said than done because I think, especially in this country, we are so future results oriented, money driven, um, and there are markers of success. So it's about um, feeling comfortable within yourself and what it is that you're doing, um, regardless of what's happening externally. And that's where the expectations come in. And that's why I talk a lot about that, because it's so challenging at times to hear your own inner voice, which is a voice of wisdom, when you have so much white noise around you and external forces that are so loud that sometimes you confuse that with your own internal wisdom. Big time. And I thought it was really interesting that you mentioned familial pressure too, you know, because like you you want to take the next step that you feel called to do, but it might not make sense, right? Most oftentimes it doesn't make sense. And if somebody else is looking outside, they're going to get noisy on that for sure. What like, what family challenges came up for you around that? Yeah. Um, so a big one for my family. Um, so just to give you some background information, um, I come from a low income uh, Chinese immigrant family. I was the first in my family to go to college and um, I went to what people would consider to be a good school. So there was a lot of expectation that like you go to a good school so that you can come out and make good money. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that the good life is one that is Build with stability and what stability is, is again, knowing the next step, right? So it's climbing that ladder. You know where you're starting, you know where you can get to, and you're certain of the steps that you need to take to get there, right? Like that was like the pipe dream for my family. And, you know, I've reflected a lot on this and I get that that's where they're coming from because just imagine coming to another country, not knowing the language, starting afresh. So like for them, like that is a really big dream to accomplish. Like, you know, why would you want more than that? What more would you Mm -hmm. want? Right. Um, But it's very different for me, you know, having grown up in this country. And I feel like at times it was like having dual identities, right? Like the American side of me, that's like, I just want to be independent. I want to do what I want to do. I want to chase my dreams. And then the Chinese side of me, that's like, you know, I need to make money. I need to make my family proud. I need to make them feel like, you know, the sacrifices that they made, like they were worth it. So um, a lot of pressure to to make money and to have this like to climb the corporate ladder and to have stability and so that my family could talk about it I mean I think this is very if you talk to a lot of like Chinese American growing up people like me um it's like their parents want to be able to talk about their children oh my child goes to school or my child is doing this now or my child's a doctor my child's a lawyer so there's also like the prestige factor that comes with having the stable job and having money. And um, for me, that life, I mean, I had it at one point, I started out in consulting, right? So I was making good money. I was, you know, I knew what ladder I needed to climb, but it was uh, not good for my soul. It was not what my soul wanted. Uh, absolutely. And so what did you do? Because then are they, did they stop talking about you? <laughs> Were they like, oh, we don't mention Angela right now? <clears throat> you know, it's funny that you ask that because sometimes they'll revert back to things in the past that I've done to, um, you know, for prestige. So they'll like reference like where I went to school or like, oh, Angela. She like once worked in Italy and like got to represent America um, in Italy. So like they'll revert back to things in the past. Mm-hmm. If in the present, it's not a lie. Like what I'm doing is not aligned to what they want. So they have their ways around it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it brought up a lot of guilt too, or just, <clears throat> I don't know, just that pressure you want, you know, it's so deeply ingrained in us with our family. I, that's why I mentioned family most of all, because that both of my parents have passed away. And, um, and of course I miss them so much, but the free freeing nature that like that gave me, I mean, it just, it just allowed me to pursue whatever I wanted to pursue in a whole new way, you know, which 
is probably a controversial thing to say or a weird thing to say. But I mean, I love my parents very much. I'm extremely grateful. But I mean, I think a lot of people can probably relate like, oh, wow, you know, you do, you feel just less pressure, right? So how did you get through that? Did you have, did you have any breakdowns around that? Or just, is it something that you like really kept doing the inner work and you just found your peaceful spot and like kept going with your purpose? So it's ongoing work, right? And I will share what I've done in the past and the work that I continue to do. So um, the first thing is that I've had uh, conversations with my parents, my grandma, my grandma raised me. So they're basically like three people in the picture, um, my my dad, my mom, and my grandmother. And um, to the extent my grandmother's a little different because she's older and she has Alzheimer's. So that's like a whole separate story to deal with. But with my dad and my mom, um, I've set time to actually sit down and talk with them. And I have been very intentional about that. I think it's so important to do that, right? Because even if you're with your parents and you're not setting the intention to have this type of conversation, things can get in the way, right? Like, oh, I'm making dinner or a phone call popped up, can't really talk right now. And that's not the type of ambiance that you want to have when you're engaging in a heartfelt, deep conversation, like talking about what your dreams are and what their expectations are. And for me, it's having those conversations have been really helpful because at one point I felt like my dad was making, but at the same time, I was judging him for not understanding the choices that I was making like so I was judging him for cares on working all the time right but that I was able to realize why that's important to him by thinking about his upbringing and his experiences then I realized that there's no need for me to come from a place of judgment and maybe he's not judging me either like he just wants what he thinks is best for me and it's just that his definition of what is best for me is different from my definition of what is best for me because we have very different lived experiences right but like if we never had that conversation I would continue to just being in my own judgmental state and he's in his own judgmental state. Not that we agree on things now, even having talked it out, but at least we have a mutual understanding of where the other party is coming from, right? And another thing is that in having these conversations, it's like, I realize, yeah, he cares about money. Yeah, he wants me to make lots and lots of money. But ultimately, I think where that comes from is just this desire for your children to be happy, right? Like, I mean, money itself can't, you can't, money is just a tool Mm -hmm. to buy things, right? To buy a house, to buy a car, right? And why do you want those things? Like you want someone, I mean, that's why people want money because they think it's going to lead to happiness, which I mean, I can get into a whole other story about that, (laughs) right? But like, ultimately, your family just wants you to be happy, right? And I feel like um, my personal belief is that like, in order like for us to truly be living, like if we're happy, like that's how we pay it back to be happy, to do like, to really enjoy the things that we're doing. Um, But having conversations around that is helpful so that people around you know where you're coming from and why you're doing the things you're doing. Damn. Yes, absolutely. And good for you for really getting intentional with your dad. I mean, that's such a beautiful message to put out there too, because it's so easy to avoid and so easy to just sit in those judgments, you know, and uh, hard to get out of it. All right. So uh, let's, can we move toward purpose now? Let's talk, let's talk our six steps. You have a beautiful gut guide on your website that is free, which is lovely. It is six steps to living your purpose. And so I want to talk about it. Um, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a step type of a girl. So this is really beautiful. So, um, I love that you wrote this and are giving it away for free. Very cool. And one of the things you said was learn what it actually means to live your purpose. And, um, tell me that learn what it actually means to live your purpose. What does it actually mean? Just means following your heart, doing what you feel truly called to do? (laughs) How would you define it? I guess that's what I'm struggling for. Yeah. So I think that when most people think of purpose, they think of their jobs and their careers. And I think that's very understandable, especially because we spend the majority of our waking hours working, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that it makes our jobs and our careers make up a big part of our purpose. However, I also think that 
life purpose encompasses more than that, right? I think it's about who we are and what we're doing both in and outside of work, right? So I think it's about living intentionally and engaging in very worthwhile and meaningful pursuits, like whether that's in your family, in your community, in your workplace. And what I mean by that, what makes it worthwhile and meaningful is when you're able to tap into your unique gifts and talents to contribute to the people around you, whether that's in your family, whether that's in your community, whether that's in your workplace. And that's why life purpose is more than just what you're doing for a living, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you're able to tap into your gifts and your talents and your skills, you find this deep sense of fulfillment and contentment that is hard to find elsewhere, right? Because I think like a lot of people, unfortunately, like feel kind of numb or don't feel like they're living with purpose. And I think it's easy to turn to distractions like social media and entertainment and food and alcohol to feel full and content when you're not feeling that day to day in your life. Precisely. That's exactly what I was talking about in my intro too. I'm talking about loneliness a little bit too, and that we are in a unique time when we can use that loneliness or rather aloneness to go within and explore these things without filling that void. And, you know, you even say that on your website, you're not alone in your journey. And and I love, you know, just that knowing that we all go through this. I also tack on to yes. what you were saying a minute ago. I like, you know, f- bringing out the message that it is about this bigger picture thing. Like you were saying, you know, you're, you're calling us to work with people. So whether you're doing that in this corporate setting or however you are doing it, it's still happening all the time. Yeah. Even not in work. Right. And same with yeah. me and my voice. Like, I'm like, oh, like once I realized that I was like, huh, okay. Yeah. I'm doing that all the time. M- listening and using my voice. Right. And, and voice can be in different ways. Um, so let's, can we go through the steps? Yeah, of course. <laughs> let's, let's talk about it. Be still and be present. Uh, absolutely. That's number one. Um, and that's kind of what you've already touched on and that can be anything, right? Like, just getting in tune with that inner guide? Yes. So um, it's being, so what I mean by be still is that the thing is like, we all have thoughts that pop up in our mind and we don't have control over those thoughts, right? So a really good example of this is if I told you right now to not think of a white polar bear, chances are a white polar bear has just popped up in your mind and you can't control the fact that the thought of this white polar bear popped up in your mind, right? But if you like sit still and all these, you're being bombarded with all of these thoughts that are constantly coming at us, you'll get to a point where you can say like, I acknowledge or I observe that this thought is here, but rather than latching onto and following it, you just, you're aware of it, right? And then you come back to the present. And when you're able to do that, like, new ideas pop up in your head that normally wouldn't surface because we're so overrun by our thoughts. So that's what I mean by being still, like allowing your inner wisdom to come out, um, to give time for it to come out because we're constantly being bombarded with our thoughts. Totally agree. And I think that mm-hmm. meditation is really helpful for that, right? Um, but the thing is, like, I think when, and myself included, when people first start, um, their meditation practice, people think they're not doing it correctly. They're like, wait, I, aren't I supposed to experience then? If I'm supposed to experience then, why are all of these thoughts popping up? <laughs> but that's when you're precisely doing it correctly. When you're aware of your thoughts, you're doing correctly, but there's so much resistance because they think that it's supposed to look a certain way. So it's about implementing. That's why they call it practice, that you just do it day in, day out um, to cultivate the space for the voice, the inner wisdom to come out. Big time. My, everything's a damn practice for me. It's like always sure. <laughs> like everything. Um, I like that. I did this soul wander not too long ago in Sedona where we wandered in the desert for like five hours. But one of the guiding principles that he said was um, ask passionately and listen quietly. And that I just did that, you know, and I just I just tried to just get like, let those thoughts keep flowing by, but just sit there once I asked, like, what what am I supposed to be learning right now or whatever? 
whatever, you know, if you're asking about your purpose. So that moves us right on into um, step two, which is reflect on your past, right? So you kind of touched on that a little bit about going back to when you were a child and what you really loved to do. For me, that I, I've had a hard time with that one. I mean, I, I thought through it and just didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I don't find the, I don't even know like what I really liked to do when I was really young, but I just know in the past 20 years, this is, or 30 years, this has definitely like been my thing. So I think maybe people don't have to go all the way back to childhood if they want to be a, you know, fireman or whatever, but that could be helping people. Right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, even the term the past is nebulous because yesterday could be the past, right? Oh, I like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> Last night, there, right? <laughs> there are a lot of ways to look at the past. So I just want to share a couple of things about that, right? So when I talk about childhood, the reason why I mentioned that is because chances are the younger you are, uh, the less inhibited you were, right? So you would do things like not really caring about what other people thought of you. So like you want to think about what you were like in that stage when you didn't care about what other people thought about you and what you just enjoyed doing, right? So that's one way of looking at the past. But if you don't want to go that far back, like you will still find like gold nuggets. Like even if you think of middle school or high school, the things that you enjoy doing, um, even just like, snippets of memories are are really helpful, right? Um, and then the other thing about the past is I really encourage people to think about like when were you the happiest in your life, right? And and then these memories start coming up. And when these memories come up, it's like delving further into the memories. Like what were you doing? Who were who were you with? Where were you, right? And those will give you clues as to like what makes you happy. And then that will inform like what your values are. And when you you understand what you, your values are, that will drive the decisions that you make and the action that you take. So it's a lot of like uncovering. Um, and there are many ways of approaching uh, the past to you or things that you've done in the past. I love that. And and then you go right into number three, which is um, the values aspect of it, aligning with your values and like three to five values that are important to you. And I think that's like so often neglected. People don't take the time to sit down and really think through their values. I mean, I know I didn't really until... I feel like it's much more talked about now, you know, finding your values or I know Brene Brown has like a long list of possible words that are values and that's a really nice prompt. Um, but I, I, you know, I've, I've picked out like 10, but like honing in on that seems so crucial so many times. And that's just something that gets pushed away or something that is an exercise that so many people don't do. And I love that you've got that on here. Um, what, what are, what are yours? Mine. Um, so I, it, it is kind of hard to bucket, right? Because sometimes there, there are a lot of things that yeah. are important to me. But like one of the things that comes to mind, I, I call it health, right? And this is why I have my daily practice because I believe in really taking care of myself and mind, body, and spirit, right? So like mm -hmm. one is definitely health for me. Um, the other would be growth, like personal growth. Um, I think that, and it's like everything that I do is about learning and becoming a better version of myself, right? Yeah. And that's why I love, I love reading. I love talking to people. I love traveling because I think it's all part of the process of me becoming, becoming the best version of myself. So like growth is in there. Um, exploration is one. And that's where the, again, like the traveling piece comes in. That's where like um, connecting with, new people, like trying new things, things that I've never done before. So like, I would say that um, those are the top three. I would say connection is really important to me, like connecting with other people. I mean, like I mentioned to you, I want to help people. Like I've known that for a long time. So like at the core of what I want to do is like, I just want to connect with other people on a deeper level. Yeah, me too. That's like one of my top ones, connection and listening and authenticity. I pulled up my list because I've got it here on my notes and I was like, oh God, it's like 20 long. I really need to 
really need to hone that down a bit, but there's some repetition in it, but I'm so with you. Like connection is such a huge one for me. Authenticity, gratitude. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just going, I'm just going through your steps while we're here. You know, (laughs) I mean, like maybe there's a new purpose that I haven't quite discovered yet. So why not? Um, uh, so step we're on four now. So four do without your inner critic. Let's get into that. My inner critic loves to say shit to me. So, yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) There's a club for that. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. So tell me about it. You give you say give your inner critic a name. Yes. Um, What's what's the name of your inner critic? (laughs) Corella. I love it. It's a perfect name. So cruel. So um, a couple of reasons for that. It's like. The first, I think like the primary reason for doing that is to disassociate yourself from that voice in your head. I figured that was, that was totally it. I love that. Yeah. We all have that really nasty voice inside of our head. That's just not helpful. And it's like, if you're already feeling bad about something, it just makes you feel worse. Right. And it feels like it's a part of us. Right. But it's not, it's like going back to what I said before, these are thoughts that we can't control. They just pop up. Right. Mm -hmm. But if we're aware of it, we can pause it in their track and say, Hey, this is actually not me. This is coming from Corella or (laughs) whoever your inner critic is. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a big reason as to why uh, it's helpful to to name that. Oh, I love that. Um, So, and then you take it further. Like, um, let's see you say like, what would my biggest fan say to me instead? That's cool. Does your biggest fan have a name or is that just you? Joy. Joy. Oh, that's a perfect name. From um, From, uh, Inside Out. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. She's just so um, light and happy. So that's my biggest fan. And I, you know, at one point in my life for many, many years, um, like nothing I ever did felt like enough. And I just remember every night before going to sleep, um, the last thing that I would do is just run over constantly in my head, like what I got done that day and what I didn't get done. And that list of what I didn't get done was so long. So like, even though I did get things done, like I never felt satisfied with what I did. And I would like loop it over and over again about like why I didn't do it, how I could have done it better. And it was like to a point where it's like, I'm so tired, but I'm still trying to latch onto my thoughts. And like, I would fall asleep from exhaustion because I could not keep up with the loop. And it's like, I mean, scientifically, like that's not good for you when you're going to sleep, right? Because you're bringing that into your subconscious. So you're not really resting because like now you're worried about whatever it is that you didn't get accomplished. And then you wake up and like, you know, the mood in which you wake up is similar to the mood in which you fell asleep. So it's just not good for your well-being and it's like why am I doing this to myself like I don't need to do this to myself so like for me it's not it, it's like quieting the inner critic is for me very much an act of self-love like I deserve to take care of myself and this is one way to take care of myself and the other thing is that this is very pervasive in so many people, right? Like everyone has their own inner critic. And when I hear people talk about their inner critic and how they feel like, you know, they're not good enough, they're not smart enough, like, you know, they're comparing themselves to other people. And when I see how much value they bring and how like extraordinary they are as human beings, like my wish is for no one to have that voice. And that's why this step, I mean, it's so important to me. Like, I just want everyone to really accept and love themselves as they are, because like no one needs to go through that, that type of exhaustion, um, that type of comparison. Me too. And, um, and the more that, the more, yes. And the more that we think those things, the more they become true. Like you were saying, we're embedding them in our self subconscious. And, you know, if you think I'm not doing enough, then guess what? You're, you're just not doing enough. You're making that 
more real. And I've been on a real path with that too. And I agree with everything that you said wholeheartedly. But like as a mom, that one's really come up for me because I think as a parent, we're constantly um, feeling like we're not doing enough or not doing a good enough job. And I've had to really shift that in my brain just this year, in the past year or so. Just, just every time I catch myself, I go... No, you're you're a great mom. And you know, it feels so foreign at first. And I go, You're a great mom. You're always doing enough. You're always doing enough. And yeah, even just saying those things, I'm like, I have those little twinges come up, like, is that true? You know, but um, but the more we start to say it, the more it becomes true. Don't you believe that? <laughs> Agree with me, yes. please. No. <laughs> yes, yes. Because the thing is, um, if you think that you're not doing enough and that's the type of conversation you're having with yourself, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. You're trying to find evidence to prove yourself right. So That's what I was getting I at. Yes. 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 I mm-hmm. definitely agree with you. Um, the second thing is like, you know, this may require some work, but it's like the other way of approaching it is thinking about what does it mean or how do I define enough? Like what would be enough for me, right? So like, that's another way of approaching it. It's like, so one way of doing that is, you know, before I start my day, I write down the things that I want to do. And it's like, okay, if I, I know that there's more that I can do, but if I can get these things done, then that's enough, right? Because if you don't know what is enough for you, then nothing will ever seem like enough because the list of things to do is never ending, right? There's always something you could be doing. So like, what it does enough mean to you for a given day or a given week or whatever your goals are for the quarter of the year, right? And then the other thing I want to say in re- response to what you just said is, so I'm I'm not a mom, however, um, I'm I'm a, like I'm a caretaker to my grandmother, and I also I resonate with this feeling of like I don't think I'm doing enough. I feel really guilty because like there are things that I want to do with my life, but in doing the things I want to do, then that takes away time from my grandma. And it's like, am I doing enough for her? But the thing is like the way that we measure what is enough for us is not how they measure what is enough for them. Right. So we got to, I think it's helpful to remind ourselves of like how the other person is receiving what we're doing, because chances are your child probably thinks you're a great mom. Like they probably feel so loved by you. Right. But it's your own internal voices that that are telling you that you're not doing enough. So, but if you shift it from their perspective, then you'll see how they see you. Yes. And it's just like, it's like, oh, I have to do a home cooked meal and, and, you know, feed them something healthy and all that. But it's really about, no, the goal should be what is enough is connecting with them over a meal and being present in it. Right. Whether it's from, you know, it, you know, Chick-fil-A or whatever. Um, it's if, as long as we're all there together and enjoying it, right? That's that's um, setting the bar with something that really comes from your heart and matters. I mean, of course, I would love to cook it too, but that's not always that's not always a thing that happens, right? And just going a lot easier on yourself. I've 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 definitely been on that path and gone a lot easier on myself because we can again be our own worst critics. Back to that. So, um, sure. moving forward to uh, dream big. Um, this is I'm. I'm like a big dreamer, big dreamer. So a lot of, I am, I like, and so, so many people like, um, you know, will will pull back their dreams. I mean, when I started this show, people kept, people have been asking me about it and I'm like, well, the goal is to be the biggest podcaster in the world, not the biggest female podcaster in the world, the biggest in the world, you know? So I'm like, why not? Why not? Why not? Just dream big, just go for it. Right. Yes. And your prompts yeah. on there, what would you do if you weren't afraid? You know, we hear that so many times, but if you sit with it and take it to heart, right? Like. There's so much to unpack with that, because I think that um, I think that most people don't even know what they're truly afraid of um, or they're not aware of how deeply their fears are running. So even though it's easy to say dream big, there's just like so much to unpack there because like, why do people, why don't people dream big? Because the dream seems so far off 
it's like, I might as well not even go there because it seems so unattainable, right? But the reason why it seems unattainable is because of the fears that are in the way. So being aware of um, what those are. So that's why the first question is like, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Because there are fears to unpack. Mm-hmm. Big time. Um, and caring about what others think. Again, that uh, families are a huge part of that, right? And then you have another prompt on here. What would you do if had all you had all the money in the world? These are such great journaling prompts too, just to sit with and... Um, you know, write those down in your practice. And I would say that it's great journaling prompts for what we were talking about just before about, um, you know, that enoughness and what what is enough, you know, just and taking the time at the beginning of your day. I love that. This is like a, a side note in here. What a great thing to implement, you know, as a practice, right? Yeah, for Be- sure. Beautiful. Suspend judgments and limitations so you can dream big, man. That's, that's so incredibly powerful but yet still so so hard to do so yeah but that goes it takes practice it does but it goes it flows the flow of your six steps is really beautiful and i'm so glad we're going um through it and again this is free on angelachoy.co so anybody can go there and and grab this and download it because there's a lot more information not not too much to digest, though. It's just the right amount of information. Um, but your final step is take small and consistent action. And that's part of that dreaming big when it seems so big and so overwhelming. I tend to say this. I put it on my Instagram one day and it was like, just do the next thing. Because sometimes I I, I had someone recently hit me up on Instagram and she was like, oh, my gosh. Uh, who was your publisher for your book? I, I really want to find out and find out the steps and how you did that. <laughs> I'm starting to write. And I was like, hmm, okay, well, you know what? Why don't you just start to write? What? Just like, yeah. she was already ready to like find her publisher and I was she didn't even have like a chapter complete. And I was like, just do those next steps one step at a time. Because otherwise, it's just way too big and way too unmanageable. Where have you seen this in your own life? probably everywhere. Right. But can you give me an example? So let's see. Um, where have I, I mean, even like with coaching as I'm, you know, coaching other people right now. Right. Um, there are so many coaches out there and there are coaches that, um, have automated things that have thousands of clients. Right. And it's like, that's, that's my dream, right? Like to get to that point, but it's like, what do I need to do to get there? Right. And it's like, remembering that everyone starts from somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like doing, taking the little actions day by day to build up my business so that I can be like the people I aspire to be. Right. So I think um what's challenging is that when we look at other people, it's like, we wonder like, how do they get there? And it almost seems like an overnight thing where like, oh, this person, right. <laughs> you know, has made it big and has a lot of like has made a lot of money. Um, Everyone knows about this person, but everyone started somewhere like everyone started with their first client, with their first like podcast. I'm sure like, you, you know, when you first started. Oh, yeah. Where you are today. Mm-hmm. But people don't see that. They don't see what happens in the beginning or what happens behind the screen. So that's, yeah, that would be my personal example. Yeah. I have aspirations and I'm just doing all the things day by day to, to get there. Yes. And showing up for podcasts yeah. and like, yes. and connecting like, cause we hadn't, I mean, we hadn't connected before this. We'd never met. And I'm just so happy that we got to, you have so much wisdom right. to share and so much beautiful experience. And I'm just so happy to hear all that you have to share and it's serving the world so beautifully. So thank you for all the work that you do and all that you put out there. And um, as we start to wrap up today, is there anything else that you really felt called to share um, while you're here? Yeah. So I guess, um, I mean, there, there's so much that I could say, but I think the one thing that I feel like is really important is to um to live authentically to live authentically and courageously and I mean people define those two words differently but it's really about um again like tuning into yourself and like what speaks to you and when you follow that voice like 
everything else will be secondary to you following what it is that you truly want in your life. Like things will solve and resolve themselves and you have the power and the capacity to handle whatever comes in your way when you choose to follow what it is that you truly want to do in life. Absolutely. And lean into that trust, which yeah. can be challenging. But the more we follow, yes. <laughs> no, but the more we follow that inner guide and get quiet, like you said, I mean, that's so crucial and beautiful and important. And I cannot thank you enough. Hey, I'm sorry to hear about your grandma, too. I know that that's probably challenging. But um, anyway, my heart just goes out to you and sending all the love, right? Yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And I'll, I'm going to put um, links to everything and where people can find you. But of course, all they need to know is Angela Choi.co, C H O I.co. And you're the yeah. same on Instagram, Angela Choi.co on Instagram. Yeah. So I encourage people to, ch to, find you and if they feel so called to, you know, connect with you and delve deeper into their own purpose and coaching with you. It's such a beautiful thing. So anyway, thank you so much, Angela, for being here today. I really, really am so grateful. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. It was so lovely chatting with you. It really was. Oh my God, everything she said completely resonated with me. I'm so grateful to her for being here and grateful to you too. Thank you so much. So Let's um let's talk a little bit about some habits and um let's just you know what I'm feeling right now I'm feeling like just really grounding. I think as this year has started, you know, you can enter it with these um, great ideas. Like it's all going to be different now. And I'm going to implement all these things. And then we see ourselves maybe like faltering here or there and we can beat ourselves up and be our own worst critic. Like Angela was talking about. So let's take a second and let's just sit and take a few breaths. And as you do that, even if you're driving, it's cool. Imagine that there's a root coming out of your root chakra right into the earth. Feel your chair beneath you. Feel where you're sitting. Or if you're walking, feel the ground beneath you. Breathe into that. And as you tap into your energy and your groundedness, imagine your chakras all lining up. I'm going to have to sit up a little straighter for that. And uh, as you do, there's a line that goes all through you. It's called a hara line. And imagine that just continuing on down into the earth and grounding you there. Maybe it goes all the way down. Maybe it goes down into the center of the earth and wraps around the center of the earth, pulling you down. And it continues all the way up, infinitely. So you're grounded, but you're also divine and divinely connected. You can breathe into that and know that you can call all this energy right into yourself anytime, the groundedness and the higher self. That is a beautiful thing. And we're all connected in this way. So no matter how alone we feel, how at sea, we are connected in this way. We're connected right now whether you're listening to my voice, whether you're watching me, we are connected. Our souls, our voices, our energies. Mm -hmm. And you showing up here is something that you should thank yourself for. Because every time you do it, you're lifting the energy of the entire world. When you show up for yourself and you do this work, when you ground yourself, when you connect with your higher self, when you tap into your own energy. It's not selfish in a bad way. It's self-work in a beautiful way. in one that's going to connect you further with your own energy that spills out into the world. I'm a 100% believer in that. So just continue to breathe. Know that wherever you're rushing off to with this, maybe you're like, oh, is this podcast done yet? <laughs> it's almost done. <laughs> Maybe you can just sit and breathe and enjoy the moment, right? <sighs> and that's a beautiful space to be. So don't forget to stay intentional. Take time for yourself. And when you have those quiet moments where you want to fill the void, use it as an opportunity. 
It is an opportunity. Ground yourself. Sit. Just get quiet a little bit. Ask passionately. Get quiet. Listen. Inner guide is there. Or your inner critic or your biggest fan. Name them. I haven't named mine yet. I'll have to get to that next week. Mm, And breathe in and out. Connect to all these beautiful moments that are right here in our hand at this very second. Don't rush through them. They're here. They're ours to enjoy. Mm -hmm. All right. And I want to just say a big, 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 big thank you for being here. And if you feel so called to share it with someone, then please do. Because again, that's your energy going out. I just learned yesterday about something called flow on. And it's that flow on that you've got. If you think, I was doubting my own impact in the world in a session I did with somebody. And he was like, do you doubt your flow on? And I was like, I don't even know what that is. But the flow on is when we pass it forward, right? We pay it forward. It's that ripple effect. It's the one person that you share it with and maybe it causes them to find their purpose and then they're sharing it, you know, their own purpose and calling in higher energy with, who knows, their Instagram following, which is a thousand people, right? There's a giant flow on effect. So find that flow on and trust in that because it's it's so beautifully important. I'm trusting mine and it was very enlightening for me to hear that. So anyway, find that flow on and I just love you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you to our team and to Colton, everyone that was here today and huge thanks to our guest, Angela Choi. Remember that you can find Angela at Angela Choi, C-H-O-I dot co. That's online and on Instagram where you can find her. Uh, check out the rest of Hot Pie Media's offerings too. There is stuff across the board that is fantastic. We've got Music Fringe, Gray Area, Strong, really powerful, really fun stuff all over the board. So check out all the offerings on Hot Pie Media. And thanks again for being here. I'm your host, Amy Edwards, and I'm wishing you peace, love, light, Uh, purpose, everything, all to you. Thank you so much. Till next time. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home on the web at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.